Hey, it's Pastor Ted Fabianic here from Faith Life Church in Melbourne, Australia. Welcome to our podcast. We pray that when you listen to this, you'll be inspired and blessed to reach the best things that God has for you. Father, we just really thank you that you're here. You're moving us, you're moving the church, you're moving all the things about us. And Father, we're in a season of acceleration. You're accelerating everything to bring it back to where we are. Everything that is lost is coming back. Father, all the things that you put in our heart are being developed. Father, we're going to leave a legacy for the next generation. Father, we're not playing church. We are the church. Father, we're not asking you to do something. You've already done it, and we're just going to let it flow through us. Father, we are no longer looking back, but we are looking forward. Father, this is today is the last day that my faith will be small. Today is the last day that I'm going to sink. Today is the last day that I'm going to have a negative thought. Today is the last day that I will have the smell of failure on me. Today is the last day that I will regret thinking I should have, I would have. Father, I just thank you that today you're going to do something amazing in our lives. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. What happened to that music? No, no, don't put it. I was, I was in a conference like yesterday, and I had two sessions, and um, they didn't tell me, but they kept the band up there playing, and I got so, I enjoyed the music so much, I stopped speaking, and I'm going, oh, this is really good, so it's not going to happen today. You know, we, I just want to also welcome all the churches watching us online. I'm getting, we're getting emails from pastors that are taking what we're doing and putting it in their church and others. So we want to welcome everybody that's watching here in, in Australia and overseas. So that's amazing. But today, when we start talking about acceleration, there's God's definition of acceleration and then there's ours. And if we see revelation cleans us and restores us of the things that, best way I can put it is, is when you get revelation, it interrupts what you've already been taught. And so what stops people moving forward is when we read something out of the Bible, they go back to the days where they went into Sunday school. You know, the thing is, if I'm preaching about Noah, or Moses, in, a, in, in a places where there are people unsaved, they go back to the movies. I remember the survey, I took survey to the gold class in Melbourne to watch Noah. And, that was, and I'm thinking, what was so good about it is we got the food and all that, we relaxed watching a movie that was so unbiblical. <laughs> and I, you know, there was a thing about Noah and there's somebody eating the animals. I'm going, oh, gee, that's ruined it. There goes one species, there goes another one. See, revelation upgrades our thinking. And what happens is if you read the Bible without revelation, you go back to what you've been taught. And you, if you start thinking in a spiritual sense, you, if, you're, if you're an immature Christian, you, you're, you get taught a principle, you only get a little bit of the principle. But you're not supposed to stay there. You're not supposed to stay at the level that you are right now. So when we start talking about acceleration, there's a couple of things you need to solidify within your thinking. Number one, God knows what's inside of you. 
Because if you don't, the reason being that is that God will always speak to what he's put in you, not what he's going to do for you. See, before salvation, God tells you what he can do for you. But once you get saved, God starts to speak on what he has done for you. In Judges chapter 6, God goes to a nation that is financially broke, that is morally in decline, that is in living in fear. He goes to this young man called Gideon. And when he goes to Gideon, he doesn't speak to his condition. He speaks to his position. So he goes to Gideon. Uh, 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 Gideon, you mighty man of valor, you man of faith, you, you, you're an amazing, amazing leader. And he goes, what? Me? I am, we are the poorest family in the village. We have the least amount of influence. We are zero. And furthermore, God is not with us. And God doesn't answer him. He still goes, I'm talking to you. See, most of the time when you don't know who you are, God's talking to you. And guess what you're doing? Who is he talking to? He must be talking about the person next to you. See, God talks to you in the position that you're in, not your condition. Because your condition, where you are right now, is not you. It is, it is there, if you understand your position, you understand what to do with the condition. And if you don't know what to do with the condition, what you need to know is, God, who am I? So you get defeated because you don't know who you are. You don't get defeated because you're weak. You're allowed to say something. See, if you don't know who you are, then you deflect what God is talking about. So when people don't know who they are, don't you realize that right from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelation, Alpha and Omega all belongs to you. It's God talking to you. There is no one part here that says, Ted, this is not for you. So when we move into acceleration, we get to a point where God upgrades our thinking to who we are, not something brand new. So God is into revealing what is put inside of you. So the situation you are in right now is an indicator there's something bigger inside of you. So your condition is subject to your position and your condition knows who you are. But as long as you don't know who you are, the condition has the upper hand. So that's why... Well, Pastor Silver was saying, Jesus never was worried because he knew what his position was. So when people didn't like him, he didn't go, oh, no, I'm upset. I know my position. So today, your faith is going to be restored. Today, your faith is going to be revealed. Now, watch this. This is what we're going to do. Look at this. this to show you, today we're going to talk about faith at God's speed. Because, you know what, most people I've prayed for, um, you know, they come up for prayer for, you know, for healing, and you pray for them, and they go, yeah, I know, Pastor, I know it's going to take days for me to get healed. Yeah, I, I know, yeah, I've got to go through medication, I've got to go through this, I've got to go to therapy, I've got to go see my mom, I've got to go see my dad, I'm going to need influence, I'm going to... 
See, most people come up and they dictate the speed that God wants to do for them. The Bible says suddenly God came. And there was a prophetic, there were, God says, this time tomorrow you're going to be financially free. Do you know what we do? If you don't know that see, the term at God's speed, we've used it in this as well. We use it in business. I want to bring you up to speed. What does that mean? Is that you are missing information, so I have to upgrade your thinking to get you up to speed. So things have happened, but you haven't been aware of them. You come to church once every six weeks, we've got to bring you up to speed. So you come, you know, so if you've ever been here and you and you put it on here, supernatural acceleration, guess what? We've got to go back all the way up to January. So if you're watching today, get up to speed. That, that's what's what stops acceleration in the church. People people that don't sorry, I've done two I did a pastor's conference, so I'm used to kind of talking to this level. See, the church slows down because people are not up to speed. So Pastor Sulvay or, or somebody else starts to talk about the offering, about giving, and they go, oh, the, all the church wants is money. Do you realize you are so far behind if you think like that? The, the reason we can't get traction sometimes is we've got to keep bringing people up to speed. Isn't it about time? We as a church, we as a congregation, get up to speed with God. You know, you, you know, I remember when my kids were small, we used to go for walks. It was the most... The reason is when I walk, Sylvia doesn't like walking with me, is that when I walk, I pace myself. So, so to me, it's not about taking a walk. It's how quickly can I get from A to B. <laughs> right? So I remember when Silva had a, a chest, in, what's his name? Her lungs were infected and she, she was struggling. And, I, uh, and uh, so she could hardly breathe. I didn't know. So I am, we are walking. There's a couple in front of us. So I said, honey, this is the goal. We are going to overtake them. <laughs> well, that was on a Saturday. On Tuesday, I had to put her in a hospital. See, the thing is, right, and when we have the kids, their steps are like this. And I'm like this. And I'm dragging him. And I go, did you go for a walk? No, I went for a drag. <laughs> and you know what? And I believe that's what God's doing. He says, Ted, I'm tired of dragging people. Some people go, oh, I've been walking with the Lord 10 years. No, God's been dragging you for nine and a half. <laughs> Come on. Some of you are thinking, why did I tune in? Why did I come? No, no. See, see the, the thing is, right, with God, the pace that he's moving is an indicator of the pace that's in you. See, we're always talking about us, but it's about God. God didn't come so that he can be good. He came to make us good. Now, when we talk about faith at God's speed... Now listen to how quickly God wants to move. I will answer them before they even call to me. While they are still talking about their needs, I will go ahead and answer their prayer. 
So while you are asking God, God, please meet my need, he's already gone before you and answered it. So my question is, why are we praying for a need that God's already met? Why are we asking God to heal when he's already healed? You, you get, I know this is deep. I want you to do something because you are clever, correct? How many of you sort of um, have gone past year six at school? Put your hand up. Okay, how many don't know what year six is? You, you know when you went to school and I think, and, and, and you know what? When I went to school, they, they, they talked about this thing called tenses. And I go, what's the tense? Am I tense? Are they talking we're rigid? I said, the teacher's going to teach me how to be rigid. And he says, there is past tense, and then there is future tense. Right? Is there another one? You see, I wasn't listening. I was so tense. But I want you to notice something. Isaiah 53, and then Peter picks it up, and he goes, by whose stripes we were healed. So if we were healed, then means it already has been done. So God's already answered your prayer. Excuse-moi. That's French for excuse me. I got my daughter-in-law. She'll pick me up on it. You see, speed is I am praying God is it your will to heal me? And God says, I've already answered you. God, I'm, you know, God, I have, a, I have a bill I can't afford to pay. God says, I've already answered you. See, we are treating God in a fashion that he's, he hasn't done it, so we're asking him to do it. Does God love me? Wrong question. God says, by this you will know that I love you, that I've given my life for you. And he goes, even before you were created, I was crucified. He's the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. So what stops acceleration is we don't know what God has already said about the situation I find myself in. So we spend time praying for what's ours. There are things that we need to pray for, yes, but there are things that God says, I have already done it. So let me read it to you again. I will answer them before they even call. Now watch this. I'll show you that. People have taken this verse. Oh yeah, Ted, but that's in the future. Okay, watch this, watch this. If you're watching online, if you're here, when were you saved? When did God say, I've paid for your salvation? On the cross, correct? So therefore, if you tell somebody, if you dare to believe in Jesus, and if you acknowledge him, you will be saved. God is not doing this in heaven, going, <gasps> somebody wants to get saved. What do you reckon, Holy Spirit? Nah, I've been watching him. Nah, I, 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 I think we need to put him on probation. <laughs> yeah, probation, Christian. I'm a P Christian. Probation? You know what? But the problem is that a lot of people still feel that their, their salvation is on probation. People go, oh, oh, I better be careful, I'll lose my salvation. So, so that's why I don't go out. I, I lock myself up in a room. Why? Because I don't want to lose it. 
<laughs> I'm in one of these moods, okay? Help me, Jesus. While they are still talking about their needs. While you're still thinking, will God meet my need? God, please meet my need. God says, I've gone before you. He's the lamb prepared before the foundation of the world. You know, the word El Shaddai, the God that foreknew and had already answered. I will make a, you know, the needs. I will go ahead of it and answer their prayer. So God's speed is, brings us up to the presence how he works. So, when we, so understand this. God wants us to move at the speed that he is moving. So therefore, your thinking has to speed up. Your worship has to speed up. You need to catch up with Jesus. You know what? That's why some of you, your right hand is always longer than your left. Because that's the arm God's dragging you with. <laughs> You can, you, you, can, you, can, you can tell those Christians. You know, you, you come into church. And he goes, and he goes what, what happened? Oh, yeah, my wife drags me to church. My husband, the kids go, oh, yeah, my parents go to church. How do you know? Look at my hand. It's bigger than the other one. And, but I've I, I got news for you. God will drag you, but he's never going to let you go. The only one that's missing out is you. Okay. So have a look at this. What we want to do is I want to talk to you today. We, Pastor Silva already mentioned. With Peter walking on water. I need you to do something right now. I want you to move aside everything on one side and let the revelation of the Holy Spirit speak to you. Because what you need to understand here is that faith is independent upon the circumstances. There's never a right time for faith to work. There's never a right environment where you go, now is the time for faith. What you have is that Jesus just feeds all these people. He sends the disciples out. The disciples hit a storm. And it's 3 o'clock in the morning. How many of you function well at 3 a.m. in the morning? If you do, let me know. Pray for me, right? I, 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 for me to function at 3 a.m. takes three espressos. Right. So I want you to get this. They've been out ministering all day with Jesus. They've been out picking food. They've been in the middle of crowds. They haven't rested. Jesus says, get in the boat, go on the other side. It's 3 a.m. in the morning. The wind has gone up, so they are struggling. The waves have gone up. It's, how many know that you're not in the right environment to learn anything? So they are struggling. They are, they're in an environment that is not conducive to learning, that is not inclusive Come on, I, I, I'm picking this up, I'm picking this up. They are struggling to get their needs met. They are needing to get to the other side. And the Bible says this, is that Jesus comes walking by and he's not intending to stop. Now, what is this? They looked at him and they said it was a ghost. My, my question is, it's the middle of the night, it's 3 a.m. How does a figure like that look like a ghost? Tiredness? 
Let me just watch this. There are times that God comes to you and you think it's not God. Until he speaks. So he looks, they look at Jesus and Peter, I love this. He has the audacity to do what Jesus does. Just, just, just qualify this, right? We love clapping for people, correct? You know, you, we, we, now there's a singer, we clap. People do clap. We go to sport, we clap. But there's, there's another level that I'm clapping with what you're doing to I want to do what you do. Because you know what the first thing that teaches us here? God never intended for you to be part of the cheese squad. God never intended for you to come and, hey, I want people to like me. I, I want, you see what we, all the other disciples were there. They're going, wow, it's Jesus walking on the water. <laughs> hey, hey psst, write a song about it. Walking on the water, yeah. Peter, I love this guy. He's got, he's got audacity because faith always has audacity. You know why? Because God put faith in you. So when your, God's faith in you sees what he does, he says, I'm supposed to do the same. So he comes up to Jesus and he says this. Jesus, if it's you, I want to do what you do. So you get your Bible. I want to do what Solomon does. I'm 11 years old. I see a healing evangelist from America. I get my picture printed in a newspaper called The Truth. It's a sleaze magazine. Somebody cut it out for one of my brothers at work, right? And there am I at the altar call with my hands up asking God to fill me. And you know what I was asking? I saw this healing evangelist heal, lay his hands on people and heal people. 11-year-old kid, and I'm going, I want this. I wasn't cheering for him. I wanted to do what he does. And so Peter comes in, and he says, you are Jesus. I get you. Now, if it's you, I want you to call me. I want to walk on water. I want to talk to you. We need a bit of audacity. I want to do what God does. I want to prophesy. I want to excel at my work. I want to be the head and not the tail. I want to move from parking the boss's car to owning the boss's car. I want to, instead of getting paid by somebody, pay somebody else. I want to go to the bank and say, instead of you borrowing money, I want to borrow you, lend you some money. See, we need God audacity. To accelerate at God's speed, you need God's audacity. So he steps out, and guess what? He walks. He walks. What does that tell me? Watch this. He didn't step out and sink. He was making his way to Jesus. He came so close that the moment he sank, Jesus picked him up. So every picture that I've seen, Jesus is far away and he's only taken a few steps and he sunk. The Bible says that as soon as he did, Jesus was there. So watch this. He, he comes and he says this. Let's read the scripture. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, 
what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? What is the th- so let's just stop here. Every time we need to understand something, when you clear the room, doubt is still going to be there. Doubt is attracted to faith. So the moment you step out, doubt goes, yes, my assignment is to make you fall. So watch this. Why did you, why did you doubt? The voice translation says it this way. Why, why did you doubt and dance back and forth between following me and heeding fear? Fear and doubt are husband and wife. They're married. They're inseparable. They walk together. They talk together. They're, right? So where there is doubt, there is fear. I'll, I'll prove this to you in a moment. So there is Peter. He's walking. So what does the first thing that tells me? The quality of his faith was at a level that he could do what Jesus was doing. You need, you need to do something. So what, see, when we use this term, you of little faith, what we think is that I've got baby faith. Um, uh, you know when uh, we, we get children in our children's church get filled with the Holy Spirit, and guess what we don't do? We don't pray like this. Dear Jesus, uh, right now, fill them with the baby Holy Spirit that will one day mature into the real Holy Spirit. Amen. We don't do that. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead infills a baby. You get, you get in John, when, uh, when Mary met Elizabeth, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit filled John in the womb. It doesn't say the baby Holy Spirit came from Jesus. And then Jesus says, we need to feed this baby to grow up. So what we have here is the quality of of Peter's faith was of the quality that he took that Jesus was walking on the water. They were one. But he's... When I looked at this and I said, God, you need, to, you, you need to, how do I get up to speed? Now, here's the problem. I want you to watch this. We fall into the same trap as Peter. Now, let me give you the Ted Fabianic translation. What? There's a Ted Fabianic translation? Yeah, I'm rewriting the Bible. <laughs> I, I, no, I can prove it. You know why? I started it. I go like this. In my Bible, I, first page, this bill. Watch this. So you, so you know that I'm not kind of not making it up. You see it here? It says, this word is now yours. If you like to pass this around. And that. <laughs> so it is. Now, now watch this. So if the same quality to walk on the water Peter had, that Jesus had, what was the problem? Now watch this. I want you to put this in your thinking. G- Ted Fabianic translation. Why such a short burst of faith? Think about this. It was a short burst. Now, so, do, so you get up to speed a little bit. What was Jesus' intention? Peter, come. I want to see if you can swim. P- 
Peter, I need, I need a failure in the Bible so that somebody else can learn. Peter, I pick you. And Peter goes, yeah, I'd like to be known as the failure, Jesus. Thank you. Oh, by the way, we're going to write about it in the Bible. And you're going to be preached over as the guy that sank. So his name wasn't the rock. I'm Peter the sinker. I'm Peter the water treader. Hey, I'm a failure. Hey. Jesus' intention, what did he say? Jesus, if it's you, let me come to you, correct? And Jesus says, come. He says, my intention is not to, give, to make this into a teaching session. My thing is for you to show you what your audacity can do. And what Peter did, he had a short burst. Come on, we all have short bursts. We have short bursts of commitment. You get married on Saturday night. On Monday morning, you go, did I do the right thing? Is she really the woman for me? Oh, yeah. You had a short burst of marriage. You start a new job. Oh, I didn't know it was going to be so far away. Oh, short burst of commitment. You start giving. And you, it's going really well. You get a few bills. Oh, well, I've got to stop giving. Short burst of commitment. Come on, you're in church and the worship leader is going, come on, you need to have a lifestyle of worship. Yeah, I'm going to have a lifestyle of worship. Monday, you get in the car, you put some worship on there. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, I'll put something else on. Short burst of commitment. I'm going to be in church every Sunday. That's for those people watching. Okay, okay, so I, I, I'm, I'm letting everybody here off the hook. All those now watching online, why have you got such a short burst of commitment? Okay, go back. Holy Spirit will heal you. <laughs> but you see, the thing, you see, you look at it, even Jesus said, you know, you, people were following him. They had such a short burst of commitment. You okay? The reason, look at this. And then when they fall... What did Jesus do? He restored him. Now, I want to just show you something what you need to do. The reason we have such short bursts of commitment is because we haven't taught our soul to be focused. See, what your faith receives, your soul has to be focused on. So we have such a short attention span. Turn to somebody else. If somebody's falling asleep, you have a short attention span. Um, husbands, you know what I'm talking about. How many, times, how many times per day does your wife tell you you have a short attention span? Um, okay, would you like to know how many times I get it? Would you like to know? Well, it, it, all, it all depends. It, it, it depends if we're together. When we're not together, I have a huge attention span. When we are together, right, we, we start talking about, a. it happened yesterday, right? Uh, uh, I was looking at cars, right? So I, you can press, I like this car, right? So we're talking, Sylvain's letting me know how the, 
the service went on Monday, you know, on Saturday morning. So she's going, oh, Ted, it was great. You know, the house was full. We clogged up our street with church cars. Yes. She's, she's really going like that. And then all of a sudden I get a notification on my phone. And I'm scrolling the pictures. And she's still talking. That, that happens quite a lot. So if you ever see one hand longer than the other, it's the attention arm. Now, but watch this. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, and he goes, taking every thought captive. Do you know that the word double mind means this? I am looking at two things at the same time. Now, watch this. means you can look at two things at the same time, but you can't focus on two things at the same time. So what, what, what sometimes happens with us is, this is, so what happened with Peter? Peter was focused on Jesus. All of a sudden, the conditions aren't right. It's 3 a.m., the wind's going, the waves are going, I can feel the water splashing on me. That means this, is that I can feel my problem splashing me, but it's only splashing me, it's not drowning me. So sometimes we, get a, we lose it because we get a little bit wet and we go, oh no, I'm losing it. What was happening to Peter? Peter lost focus. You know why we have such a short burst of faith? It's because we step out and we start walking and all of a sudden all the thoughts come. But see, to stay in faith, you've got to train your soul. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, by the renewing of your why? Because the moment you start to step out and you're in the supernatural, your natural mind is now concerned. You no longer love me. Why do you not love me? What, what do I do for you, huh? Did I not treat you right? Why are you leaving me for this supernatural life to the life? Come back home. All is forgiven. I'll forgive you for listening to worship. I'll forgive you for giving. I'll forgive you for loving. Come back home. Because your soul's home is on the dark side. He wants to go home. Feed me. So a short burst in faith is an untrained mind and soul that hasn't learned how to focus over a long period of time. So what you do, that's the reason I got this Bible up here, is when you start walking by faith, you start here. Worship band, if you like to come up, because I'm about to finish, put that nice music on. So, that, right? so watch this, watch this. So I step out in faith. And I'm doing really well. And then I get this thought. Well, Ted, who do you think you are? Do you know what I do? Because I, I'm carrying the word. So what I do, I stop. I find out what the word says about this thought. And I go, this thought doesn't agree with God. The Bible says, taking every thought captive to the obedience of what? Come on, to the obedience of what? Christ. So I go, my, my mind says, Ted, what in the world are you doing? I remember, I remember this so vividly. When I was doing a crusade and they dropped a crippled man on the stage. And every time I looked at him, I had every thought imaginable. 
So you've got to watch this. I've just stopped being a youth pastor, and I'm doing this crusade. Thousands of people out there, crippled man, somebody left him on the stage and ran off. And these are my thoughts. I stepped out. Ted, you've only got youth pastor training. You're a youth pastor that got lucky. Somebody gave you a stage. Right? But then I had to look at the scripture. I said, the Bible says I'm not a youth pastor. I'm a son of God that has been given the opportunity to teach youth. That's, so all of a sudden I deal with that. The other thought, you're not Benny Hinn. And I go, well, I've sort of got his hair. And then, then, I, and then I go, no, no, I don't have to. See, my identity is not in the man that the anointing dwells on. My identity is in the one that gives the anointing. So it's step by faith. Then all the other ones. The other one was this. Ted, have you ever seen a cripple walk? No. Then how can you know that it's going to happen? So you know what I did? I started to go through the word and I go, well, is there something in the Bible that says that a cripple walks? There is. So what I do, I go to the word and I start replacing it. So this is what walking by faith means. It is that every time I am walking, I get a thought that is contrary to this. I replace it. And you know what? Some of us, can I tell you as Father Ted does? What's this? Most of us are not lazy, okay? We're preoccupied. Satan puts so many things in that we don't do this. Now, I want you to watch this. Peter came up and he says, all of a sudden, I instead of agreeing with the word, I'm agreeing with my condition. And when I agree with my condition, I come to the level of my condition. See, sickness wants you to agree with it. You are sick. You're going to take you days to get over it. It's the flu season. And then the spirit of flu says, I need you to agree. I get it all the time. Everybody else is being laid off. Now, I want you to see this. You need to replace it. And Peter, when talking to the church, told us what he did. Look at 2 Peter, verse 1 to 6. And the Bible says, Peter in there says, I want you to add to your faith. Listen to this. Add knowledge self-control, patient, endurance, endurance with godliness. You know what he did? What Peter was telling us here? He says, to my faith, I added endurance. What it was, it's not, I'm not building the faith. What I'm doing is I've learned how to stay constantly. Instead of having a short burst of faith, instead of dashing a hundred meters, now I've become a marathon runner. See, what we have is we've got churches, Christians, that are sprinters. I do 10 meters. Dear Jesus, I'm just going to do 10 meters. Watch. watch. Come on. Are you not entertained? See, God, God, when Peter, sorry, when Paul talks about it, he says, I run a marathon. So you know what you need to do today? You need to get into the mode of having the Word and go like this, God, I'm going to add endurance. But Ted, 
It's, it's not going to work. No, but the Bible says it's going to work. I'm not going to get anything back. No, the Bible says that He will restore to me everything that was lost. I am not going to see my dreams come true. No, the Bible says that the righteous will have their joy and their desires met. You see, what we need to do is we need to start to run, but run with endurance. You want to get up to God's speed? You're going to have to change. The speed, you're going to have to get out of first gear into second gear. You're going to have to have commitment. What commitment to what? Commitment to the Word. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray. As we have said, you get to your book. You have one page that says, God, this is what I've lost. This is what I want back. Then on the other page, you got, God, this is what I'm going after. And you get that out every morning and you start to do this. Every morning you get up, God, I lost this. I'm going to have that back. I lost this. I'm going to have that back. I lost this and I'm going to have that back. Then you go to the other side. God, this is what I'm aiming for. I am aiming to see my whole family safe. Yeah. I am aiming for that my whole family gets filled with the Holy Spirit. Yes. I am aiming to go and get a promotion. Whatever you need. But you need to do it every day. You know, you get people that go, I'm going to change my diet. How long? One meal. And then you're driving by McDonald's. And your flesh. Hey. It's a sign from God. You're meant to be on this street. No, your house is on the street. I know because there's a McDonald's near our house now, walking distance. But I'm going to pray. We're going to pray for this. God, give me endurance. God, I want to have endurance. Not, I am not just for one minute, not for one day. See, this is why you come back the Sunday after Sunday with no change. It's because of the endurance. You're saying, God, prep up my faith, prep up my faith. There's nothing wrong with your faith. All it is, is that you've got to constantly stay in it. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, come and lift up your hands with me. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, let there be in a spirit of endurance on the house, on my life, on my dreams, Father, on everything that I am doing. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, we are committing ourselves to walking by faith. Father, we want to live a life. We want a life at Your speed. Father, we are no longer going to run behind You. We're going to run with You. Father, we're not going to cheer for You. Father God, we're going to minister with You. Father, for today, today, I'm going to give myself to You. Now, I want you to put it into practice. Put your hands down for a moment. How many of you, you know what we want to do? I want to just push it. For 35 seconds, most of you, we do it up to 10 seconds, 15 seconds of giving in high price, correct? Why don't we do some endurance testing now? Okay. Instead of really giving God full 30 second praise we're used to that correct why don't we do 35 seconds do, do, come on do you think you got do you think you can do it okay 
So, just saying goes for you. I think that can just do the yeah. So what I want you to do is I want you to push yourself. And every day, increase it. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. Come on. Jesus. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 25 seconds to go. Come on. Push it a little bit more. Come on. Push it a little bit more. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 15 seconds to go. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. 10 seconds. Come on. Woo! Five more seconds. Come on. Guess what? Watch this, watch this. You just gave God 35 seconds of focused praise. That one to two to five days of listening to music can't do for God. So I want you to watch this. So I want you to do something. I want every day to push your endurance. Push your endurance. Oh, pastor, I read two words a day from the Bible. I tell you what, I'm going to go to a verse. You might read a verse. Hey, I'm going to go to a chapter. If you want your stuff back, if you want to get what you're going for, you're going to need endurance. Hey, God bless you. We'll catch you next week.